Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast, the one most of us didn't ever imagine doing, but we've been gearing up for for a couple of weeks now. Jordan Henderson has this evening confirmed his departure from the club ahead of his transfer to the Saudi League for a reported 700 grand a week. The club captain departs following more than 10 years of service, having lifted seven major trophies during a glorious era as Jurgen Klopp's on-field lieutenant. However, some have already argued that Henderson, who has been a vocal advocate for marginalised communities and really outspoken on social issues, has demolished his, leg- his legacy through his choice of destination. I'm Chris Smith and I'm joined by TLW editor Dave Usher, Julian Richards and Stu Montague. As well as dissecting the Henderson departure, the lads will have their say on a new club captain, potential replacements for Henderson and the outgoing Fabinho and anything that they've noticed um, during the pre-season so far. Dave, uh, it was like a couple of weeks ago, you and I had a little golf day in Shropshire and we just got back to the car and the reports had just started coming out and initially we kind of just laughed at them a little bit and just thought, yeah, that's that's bollocks. And then we saw that Chris Bascom at the Telegraph is one of the one of the people who had written it and then it, it kind of it kind of dawned on us that it might actually be legitimate and sure enough it is. Um a couple of weeks on, how are you feeling about it or knowing now that it's it's going ahead? Um I probably feel the same way I did when when it first emerged and we realised oh actually something's going on here this it's not it's not bollocks it's not going to just be something that's going to blow over he's actually he's actually going to go um you just said in the intro 700 grand a week which was initially that's what all the figures that were banded about everywhere uh, i've read since that it's actually half that and the reason it was someone's come up with the 700 grand because initially like whoever's put it out there they've said you know he's quadrupling his salary which works out at about 700 grand a week. But in reality, that's not what it is. It's just, it's tax-free over there. Mm. He's not getting 700 grand a week. He's getting half that, but he's not paying any tax on it. So he is effectively quadrupling what he earns, but he's not quadrupling his salary. And I think that makes it even worse. Because I was pissed off when I thought he was getting 700 grand a week. I was still thinking, you shouldn't be taking it. What are you doing? (laughs) The fact that it's not even that. It just makes it even more disappointing. And, like, there's double standards to some extent here because I don't really give a shit about Firmino or Fabinho going there or whatever, but I just feel like it's it's way different with Henderson because, rightly or wrongly, I hold him to a much higher standard. And I think that's only fair because he's put himself out there as this, like, fucking moral guardian and, you know, defender of, like, the gay community and all this stuff. This is not, like, something that's just been, like unfairly put on his shoulders he's embraced that he's got himself a fucking mba for all of this shit as well you know he's not shied away from any of it he's, he's embraced it all until the point actually comes where he's got a decision to make well you're going to go with your principles or you're going to go with your bank balance and he's taking the money i, I don't really think there's, there's any other way to to describe it like that's what's happened he was faced with a choice now, other players have been faced with like a, a choice, like it's like, well, do I take this money from the Saudis? It's a bit unpalatable. It's not really somewhere I I, I want to go. I don't really like what goes on over there, all of that stuff. But it's different for them because they've just got a, a choice. It's like, well, do you take it? That's with just between you and your own conscience. With Henderson, because of like all the outspoken things that you know he, he said in the past, and that he's put himself up now where he looks like a complete dickhead for doing it. The others, it's like, well, you know, it's your choice, it's your career, you do what you want. With him, it's like, oh, you massive hypocrite. You've come out with all of this, and it means nothing. You either didn't mean a word you said, 
or you know you, you, you've just the money means more you know so i just think it's it's really it's i feel like i feel sad about it i'm not angry as such um i'm just really i'm i'm disappointed and pretty disgusted but I'm not angry in terms of like, you know, I'm not getting worked up about it. I suppose because we've had a couple of weeks to get used to it. And that's another thing. I mean, what the fuck's going on here? It, it's dragged on and it's dragged on. Initially, it was because they weren't coming up with like a transfer fee. Something else which needs to be said as well. It's like, it looks like they've just gone to him before they've even gone to Liverpool. That's what they look like. They're just going to players and offering them stupid money. When the players head to turn, then they're going to the clubs and saying, okay, we want this player, what what can we do? And initially they were saying like they expected a free transfer. They thought we would just let them walk away. I say, like, well, hang on a minute. We were planning our season with him involved. He was part of like, when we're, we're constructing a squad, he was part of the plans. So was Fabinho, by the way. And now those plans have had to be like torn up and we've got to rethink and go, okay, well, now we're going to have to buy more players because when he's not there anymore. And I'm going off on all kinds of tangents here, but I'm just trying to get stuff out there while it's in my head. Something yeah. else that's really pissed me off about it and it's barely being mentioned because, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's probably not that big a deal. It is to me, is that if this had happened at, at, at the end of the season or if, there was like, if Klopp knew that this was going to happen... James Milner would not have been out the door. Like I understand the reasons why James Milner wasn't given a contract by the club. I get all of that, but part of that was what do we need him for when we've still got Henderson? You know, to to set the tone around the club, set the standards, and you know, it, leader of the dressing room and stuff. We could afford Milner to walk out because we still had Henderson. If you knew Henderson was going as well, I'm telling you now, there is no way Klopp would have allowed Milner to go. And Milner obviously would have preferred to have stayed if it was possible. So Milner's been fucking shit on here as well by, by what Henderson's mm -hmm. done. There's so many layers to it all, really. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll let the rest of you have you say because I'm sure there'll be other stuff I'm gonna, I am gonna need to jump in with later. But that's just me initial thoughts on it. Like, And there's, there's lots of other stuff that we'll have to get into as well over mm -hmm. it. But yeah, just I'll let somebody else have the say now. Um, Stu, we saw his little announcement video before, um, and for me, that was just that was just kind of hollow, really. Why would you expect us to take anything you say at, at face value now about you know um, what an honour it's been and how he's going to be a red until he dies and all of the great memories that we made? Like he's shown in the last couple of weeks that anything that comes out of his mouth has no merit whatsoever. Um, and the one stark, the stark remainder, the remaining um, aspect that he didn't touch on during his video is he didn't mention like why, like why he's doing this. Mm. No, I, I wasn't going to watch it, and then I was just chatting before we came on, and I thought oh, I bet I better watch this, I better see what see what he says. And the, the thing that comes through is it's the same core feeling I've got about the whole thing is like I'm not angry, I'm more it's disappointment. It's just sad that that you felt like he was just a. It felt like he was going to be a bit better. That's all. It just felt like he was going to go the extra mile. He was going to be a little bit better. I don't. I don't look at it like when when you're saying there that we. How can we trust anything he says? Like well, the things he said in the past. I think he genuinely felt them in the moment, and I think we've we've got to be a bit careful, not to say that anyone who wants to stand up for these things 
because they they won't now because they don't want to be called a hypocrite when they don't want to put you know they might get a big offer at the end of their career we don't really want a whole generation of footballers who stay well clear of social issues because they don't want to be called a hypocrite at the end of the day um but that is where the disappointment comes from is that he felt like he was actually he was it just i was incredibly proud of him as a captain i was i thought you know we've had we've essentially had halcyon days in the last few years we've had one of the greatest teams that we've ever had we've won everything he captained the team in the way that you want him to captain the team the club for me was being run well we've been really strong on this stuff klopp's been strong on it the women's team there's been some great educational videos uh, you know the Chelsea chant that you know, we, we tried to deal with that it just feels like everything was positive and was you could be proud of the way we were dealing with these things and then it's just it is just disappointing to end like this because I watched that video and I just think if he would have been setting off to MLS I, we would all have been loving those videos but now it's every every trophy left now it's just got a little smudge on the picture yeah, I just feel like, and that might change for me. I don't know, maybe five years, ten years, that might change for me. But mm-hmm. I just, and I'm not, I'm not going to say that I'm like disgusted with him. He's a terrible person for this, because he's human, and we're all human. And I think most of us, and most probably a lot of the people listening, you try and be, you try and be a good person. You try and stand up for things when you can. You try and be an ally, and you don't always do it. You don't always get where you're not always brave enough to do the right thing and say the right thing, but you try more often than not. And I felt like that's where he was. And it's just really disappointing now that for not a lot of money, this mentality monster is essentially retiring to Saudi Arabia. And it's, I just, I just feel it's really, it's a really disappointing end to the leader of that famous team of for me our, our best team you know i'll argue with anyone that, that, that over those three seasons no other football team that we've had has done as well as that team agree and it's and it's just sad it's just, i just feel like every time i see that european cup going up every time i see that league trophy going up it's just a little i'm gonna look and go oh, why why did, why did you sully it at the end mm-hmm. and I, I understand it's a lot of money it is and i think i feel like <clears throat> the point that we have to make as well with the Saudi Arabia thing, so I think there's a danger where you can you, we can make this thing where Saudi Arabia is this like unique evil in the world, which it isn't. And we said it before. I think we said it on the last pod or whatever. When teams were, when people go into China, we didn't say the same thing. When Bolsonaro is in charge in Brazil, we wouldn't have said the same thing. You know, countries all around the world, Israel, US, UK, with all there's loads of dodgy shit that all these countries do. I think it's because it's is this is a state project, isn't it? So this is almost, this is getting involved in geopolitics. You you are literally becoming an arm of their soft power. So it feels like you, you're signing on, aren't you? You're signing on for this project of the Saudi Arabians to just buy sport. I think that's probably why we're all a bit more disappointed than we would be if he went to play for, you know, Guangzhou Evergrade or whatever there is in China. Mm. So that, that's why, the, I think that's why the Saudi thing hits harder. So... I don't know, it's just I'm more I'm more disappointed than angry. I just think it would have been for him to finish as the captain he was, you know. Again, it's the mentality monster thing. It's like he for me he came back looking like a man who had a point to prove after last season, and this yeah, is yeah. just yeah. And now I look and go, what you've just retired? That's just gone because someone offered you a few quid. Yeah. 
rather than win another European Cup or another Premier League title. I just think less of the man as a competitor. The same with Steven Gerrard for going there as a manager, talking about how he was going to be, you know, everything was about being the best in the game. Well, it's not, is it? If you go in there, it's not. And, it's, and, and we'll get on to him. It's the same with Fabinho. If that deal goes through, I don't want him back. He's already considering retirement. He's gone. He is not up for the fight this year. Bid him. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Jules, you've been quite, pra- in our little chats about this, you've been sort of quite pragmatic when it comes to having expectations of footballers. But um, I also know, you know, you, you love to see things end the right way, uh, as, as it has been with, you know, a lot of the players who have come and gone during this era. You've enjoyed the opportunity to kind of see those lads off and thank them for their service and, you know, their performances during this great era. As you said, this isn't the way this should have ended with this particular player. Well, it's how he wanted to end it, so I suppose if that's how he wanted to go, who am I to, to, um, yeah. to judge him? I don't, I, look, I don't get any, I don't really, I don't really, I don't really care that much. Um, apart from, as Stu said, I just find it really anti-competitive. You're basically retired. You, he's 33. I, you could have, like, like you look at J, uh, James Milner, Dave just mentioned Milner. He's down there on the south coast of Brighton, toiling away, 38, still putting in the yards at Brighton, like just wants to contribute, wants to be a competitor, wants to like give something back to football, wants to, you know, show, you know, set the tone there. And you go, yeah, that's that's how you do it. Like, you know, he, he retired from England duty so he could carry on playing. He's still down there playing. And you think that's an example. That's that's like the, the mark of the man. And then I just, I, it just, <laughs> really weird that like all of a sudden we're having pre-season and then Saudi Arabia called his agent and go, well, we can offer him double money. And he goes, oh, yeah, do you know what? I'll do that. And you sort of go, well, hang on. You know what? You're going to be transitioned into a squad player at Liverpool, but then you understand that because of your age. But you're basically going like, well, actually, rather than be a squad player for Liverpool or any or any, or play and, for and a captain. lower Premier League, let's not forget that. Cool well, I'm, I'm going to get to that. Yeah, I, I, or go to another Premier League team. I'm gonna no, I'll, I'll just go to Saudi Arabia, and I don't know how long this has been in the works or when it was talked about, but. It can't be. It has to have come in the summer because, yeah, he would have got a send off like all the other players. And then you add in that you, hang on, you're bailing in the middle of pre-season to go to Saudi Arabia. You're the captain, though. Mm-hmm. You like, I just, it's really weird. It's just, I just don't, I don't really think anything other than like it's just really weird. If he wants to go, I don't really care. That's fine, go. Um, yeah, we're gonna be in a squad role. We'll. Well, the football moves on from every player at every club. It always does, so that's fine. But I just, if I'm a sportsman and your time at the top is is not infinite, I'd want to eke out every drop I could, feeling like it mattered, because you've you've earned like you're earning two hundred grand a week anyway, so you're going to make your lifestyle more comfortable. And yet, like everyone goes, well, it won't be just for his kids. It's for his grandkids. Like, well, if you invest properly, mate, you'll probably be all right with your grandkids and all. And you should have an accountant at this point who sorts that out for you. So I don't really take that argument. So you're in 200 grand a week and you're captain of, a, of one of the bigger teams in, in England. And yet you go, oh, they're up for me double. Yeah, forget all that. No, I'll go there then. There's no, like I know Saudi, like Saudi Arabia does have like some sort of football legacy. They, they have played at World Cups. 
the Saudi League teams have in the past won like the Asian Champions League and stuff. So it's not like they're literally walking out to the desert and putting a couple of goalposts and going, there you go, that's our football done. There is like a little bit more to it than that. But like, there's no way you really thought, ah, you know what, next year, next season, yeah, I probably just played Saudi. I, I I don't get... It's it just seems anti-competitive to me. It just seems the complete juxtaposition to how someone like James Milner is. And I, I like I, I, made, I said it as a joke before the podcast started, but it's sort of you, you take like the, a player who used to play in the team at the, with him at the same time back in Brendan Rodgers era. Like you look at Joe Allen, who was whose body long gave up on him. So Joe Allen's like. Well, I'll retire from playing for Wales, even though I love playing for Wales, but I can't do it anymore, so I'll have to retire. And then he goes, he's gone back, he goes back to play at Swansea because, like, this is my home club, and I just want to enjoy my football playing for my boyhood club. And you sort of go, ah, fair enough, that, that isn't that what we all want to do? Go back and play for our boyhood club if you can't do it at the top level anymore. Just like go and enjoy it and be, you know, be a leader to to the people at, at that club and that community, and go, this is this is my club. I'm I'm, I'm back to play. Like, because we all we all speculate maybe Milner would go to Leeds, but guess what? James Milner's too good to play in the Championship, so he's still playing in the Premier League. And for for Henderson to like, you know, he's got his injuries problems, but his body's not as broken as as Allen's is, and he's not the machine that Milner is. So Milner's like five years older and still doing it. So you've 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 surrendered whatever's left of your career for yes, double the money, but you're rich already. What what's the point of this? Like if if I was off, I like these sums are not are not the same. If I'm offered double my salary, that matters a, a lot more to someone. It's, it's on my more than double old girls. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay, but, let, let, but the point let, stands. I know the point stands. If someone offers someone my, if some if someone is earning, what's the mean average in in Britain? Is it about twenty nine thousand, thirty thousand? Say thirty thousand to keep it round. So thirty thousand pounds. So you're on thirty thousand, and a job offers you sixty thousand. That is life. That can be a, a not life changing, but that is that is a massive lifestyle change for you. That might help you out, pay your mortgage off quicker, pay any loans you've got, clear credit cards, whatever you've got. That will help. But when you're in two hundred thousand pound and you're already a millionaire and you've not just got that money coming in, you've got the endorsements coming in, uh, you've got the the boot deals, you've got whatever. To then say here's more, you go well, yeah, I, I can have more, but I've got the luxury house now. Well, my what much more luxury? How much more luxury can I have? Like, what you know, how big am I? Is he going to buy a stately home? I don't think he is. Like, I don't think footballers go for that kind of stuff. So what? Well, unless you're Cissé, I don't think you go. Yeah. Into, I don't think you're going to buy that. So you've you're making a not a big. You're making a big decision for how people will view you, for the competitiveness of your career, for what I can't see is going to be that much of a life-altering sum. For someone when you're already earning two hundred thousand, let's not forget a contract that, by all accounts, was one of the reasons Michael Edwards doesn't work for the club anymore because there was a, yeah. there was like a schism between whether we should give him the money and Klopp backed him and said yes, give him this money. He's the captain. So Michael Edwards said, well, I'm not happy about this, and we might go our separate ways in the end. And they did. We're still in that. We still haven't recovered from that. Um, and then. It means nothing because as soon as someone went have have more, he's going yeah no actually I'll fuck off, yeah. and because the man just told me I'm not going to play much, so if I'm not going to play much and I can have more money, I'm going to fuck off. It's not a great example to set to anybody. Forget about all the LGBT uh, 
TQ or whatever, I can't remember what it's called. Whatever, all that stuff. Forget about that. That's another separate issue altogether. As a sportsman, as a competitor, you know, my estimation of Jordan Henson as a man <laughs> just fucking plummeted. Just fucking plummeted. <laughs> on the cop stuff though as well like that's that's that i'm genuinely angry about how the club have dealt with it i'm not as angry with him i've been fuming at the idea that they've not there's all this money on the table and and this has got to be partly down to Klopp that we're just letting him walk away for 10 million or whatever when they're telling us they've got hundreds of millions of pounds available and we're not taking them to the cleaners that that has to be again Klopp not wanting to get in the way of his boys doing what they want to do and that's not looking after the Liverpool Football Club's interests and it's starting to irritate me a bit that we had control of this situation he's our club captain he's got two years left on his deal you tell them what the price is or Jordan Henderson gets back in training And but the problem with keeping him in training Stu is like if you're the captain and you're meant to be the culture leader but you were quite happy to jump ship you can't have that stink around the place can you? No I get that but you have to strip him of the captaincy for me, I don't think you even need to do it. You just need to say to you just need to say to him, "Listen, there's millions of pounds here. Go and have a word with them. You better tell them that they need to pay twenty million or twenty-five million, whatever we decide that fee is." We, for me, we should have been much harder with them and said, "We want a decent fee for our club captain," because you know, if there's three hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week for him, then there's money in the pot. And if it comes down to it, Jordan, you've already shit the bed. You've already sullied your reputation. You'll have to take hundred grand less, then, fella, because yeah. we're having a fee. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I just feel like yeah. too often, it's like what I don't understand. It. Like John Henderson is a player, right? He's a player. He's our captain, so I can understand Klopp going to the ball. But I want, I want him boxed off with a deal, right? Okay, you could argue he's on too, the wages were too high. It was going to an age where we weren't happy with it. But then even now, two years on his deal, and you're still not what you you don't want to upset him. It just feels to me a little bit like Wait, maybe Klopp they didn't want to upset the bit. Saudis. You know, those guys, you've got to be careful, you don't upset the Saudis too much. <laughs> well listen, there is an argument that we don't want to upset them too much if we want like three hundred million off them for Salah next summer or something. So I do yeah, get that. Yeah. But I don't know, I just feel like we need to be a bit hard. We were always good with the outs and I just feel a little bit like it feels to me something Klopp is a little bit too concerned about how the lads want to finish their career. Or do you want to run your contract down? That's fine, you do that then. Or do you want to just leave with two years on your contract? Oh, that's fine, you do that then. Like We we need to force that sometimes. It can't just be what they want. We're not, mm. we're not getting... I mean, yeah. I think we've been lucky with Fabinho is that we're going to get value, but too many of these players, as they come to the end of their contract, we're not forcing the issue and getting the value that we should be getting because he... like. There's no way on earth they're going to pull out of that deal. They're going to find the money. If you say it's 20 million or that, I mean, Mares has gone for what? 30, was it 35 for Mares, something like that? It's just, you, we need to get better value for him. And that, that's annoyed me. I think the, the club have, have not done the business there properly at all. And I understand they want the wages off the bill. That's fine. But, I mean, that's going to happen anyway. If they're super. Bet you Michael Edwards would have got 20 million for him. Yeah, I I just feel like it's cheap. You can't come in and take the iconic captain of one of the greatest Liverpool sides ever. You're telling us that you value him to that price, right? Well, price him there then. Don't give him away. It just I just feel like we we had our pants pulled down a little bit on that one. Mm-hmm. Chris, I I want to I want to get your thoughts on it because as much as we all like Jordan Anderson, mm. love Jordan Anderson, even 
he was your boy you know he he meant more to you than he did to us because it was like you know i mean it's, you're on record plenty of times how much you love henderson so when the news came out like as much as like it, it wound me up my first thought was oh fucking hell <laughs> this is gonna be bad for you like you know it's gonna be it's like when when me with suarez <laughs> it's like it's yeah, the right. same kind of thing yeah i mean i think you guys have covered quite a lot of my thoughts on the matter anyway at various points but i like you guys i'm really really saddened by it just uh, a bit heartbroken a bit angry but just really really i feel like defeated by it just bereft do you know what i mean like mm. he was he was yeah. my favorite player my favorite player ever for the club and um and i'm not at the point yet where i can bring myself to like absolutely slaughter him for it but i'm definitely a million million miles away from that like thank you hendo crowd that we're seeing at the moment there's like a lot of people wishing him all the best and thanking him and just you know saying you deserve it and that kind of stuff um i don't think i'll ever get there no um but I feel like not only has he tainted his own reputation, but he's fundamentally ruined his legacy. And in doing so, like Stu intimated, he's also sort of tainted the entire era. Um, and you look at the forum and he's been getting hammered on it for years. But to me, he was absolutely intrinsic to all of this. And perhaps even like the lens that I viewed this success through, perhaps someone who was more like our representative on the field, not the most supremely talented footballer of all time, but just through sheer will and determination and leadership and grit and all of those platitudes, you know, but you looked at like the straining of every sinew to the point that he couldn't get up the field to celebrate with his teammates or like collapsed on the floor after the Barcelona game, you know, or the lifting of the trophies and the moment he had with his dad after lifting the European Cup, like that all felt like quite personal and um, mm. along the same lines of the stuff that we would do as fans if we were in that same position. I mean, it's it's more difficult to identify with the likes of the imperiousness of players like Alisson and Van Dijk and Salah, whose who's brilliance is beyond anything we can kind of imagine, really. Um, and, you know, I saw the video of the lads in the FA Cup at Wembley after the FA Cup final, like, singing and dancing to Freed from Desire with the cup. And he's there doing the little dance in the middle with the cup and it just left me feeling a bit sort of like icky really like I've got a, I've got a picture of him right next to me now with the European Cup and I look at it and it's definitely not the same anymore like mm. I'm not gonna I don't think I'm able to look at footage of, of all these trophy lifts and the shuffle and everything and, and feel the same way about it and I think like I'm profoundly disappointed in him because I really believed in him. Um, and as a 40-year-old, 41-year-old man, it's probably silly to, to feel that way about a footballer. And you'd think that by this point, you you know, I'd have seen enough to not be shocked by this. Uh, but I am. And the cynics among, among us will always revel in being able to say, like, you know, ha, I told you so. But I don't really want to live like that. <laughs> I want to look up to people and believe in them and hold them to a high standard. And... Um, expect the best from them and he's disappointed me it disappointed me in a, in a really really profound way and one i would have never expected he would have been the last player on the list i would have expected to do something like this mm. and for me i think when it all comes down to it i mean we'll get into gerard's role in this in a little while but i i also think that's part of the reason why the saudis have have gone for this particular player um they've they've been quite clever in targeting, like they've corrupted the perceived incorruptible, the captain of a club who um, whose fan base values their moral stance on issues 
uh, above perhaps anybody else. And, you know, it's I think it's like a massive fuck you to all of us who consider the game to still be a little bit sacred in the space of all this sports watching stuff, watching, you know, the onslaught. Yeah. And it's just the brazenness of them being able to say, we'll take what you love and we'll buy it and we'll make it ours because we can. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. And that's I think that's why I feel so defeated about it, because it's it's kind of like you could almost you can accept we've lost so many players down the years to the likes of. Barcelona and Real Madrid uh, when we couldn't match their ambitions that the players ambitions on the field but this is just it's <laughs> it's not about that at all is it it's it's the complete opposite end of the scale like they can't match his ambitions but they can they can match his wage demands and um, his desire to be ultra ultra rich in the face of everything that he's ever made a stand on and it's just it's just really really depressing really and I Part of me feels, I know I'll get over this, but part of me feels like, almost like it's a nice little way for me to transition out of really, really giving a shit anymore. Mm. Like, it, yeah. it has the makings of, like, a last straw where I, I, I won't feel as strongly about the club as I as I do and I won't fall in love with players anymore in the way that I have. And it just, I think, kind of more where Jules is at than, than I've been, been previously. And... Um, I also think it's really, really sad because of... I'm sad for him in a way because of what he's giving up and what he's sacrificing. I think it's just utter folly for him to for him to do this. And I think he'll really, really regret it. And as someone at, at the end of the day who still like cares about the bloke, I just think he's he's let himself down in a massive way because even if he's not a regular part of the squad, uh, the match day, sort of the, the first 11, he's, he's, he's playing less and less games... Um, even if he does have a feeling that maybe his legs are going and he's he's not going to be able to be the player he once was, the next couple of years could have still gone exceptionally well for him and he could have had an ending befitting of any of the great Liverpool players that we've seen down the years. Like, you feel like he's been sort of... Um, do you remember when Fowler left and um, they had the thanks DM mural? <laughs> Yeah, and things like that. Like oh, you know, yeah. it's just like these, um, just these sad, unbefitting endings to what has been like uh, an all-time great career. And he could have, he could have had it all. He could have sort of had the mural. He could have had like the the glorious departure, like the the enduring love of most of the match-going fan base, and um, and it's all gone. And for what? That that needs that needs the Goodfellas music playing over it. That little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get to live the rest of your life like a schmuck. You were saying about the culture there. He would have got credit for that as well. That's the thing. You look at you look at Milner. They were the they were the guys who set that culture. So it wouldn't people wouldn't have looked at it and said Jordan Henderson only started twenty games that that year when they won mm-hmm. another couple of trophies. He could have played to the end of the, that contract. Yeah. And if we would have won things, he would have still he would have still been the guy setting the culture because that's this that's although we've got great players and we've had great flair players, the relentlessness, the, you know, the mentality monster thing, it has been about culture when we've been brilliant. Like the idea that we got what is it, it's two of the top four points totals ever in history. At one point, I think the rolling our rolling thirty eight game tracker was one thirty six drawn to mm-hmm. that that was like we got we took what's that 110 points out of 114 at one point that is that was the level of the culture at the club 
and he was one of the people set in that culture. So we could, he he would have still got he still would have got the credit being a bit part player. But don't you think it's his responsibility like, to to actually have carried that on as club captain? We're in a rebuild. We've got new players coming in. Oh yeah, who yeah, need, yeah. Who need to adapt to all of that stuff and you know and and see like the culture and everything else. He's the fucking yeah. club captain with two years left on his contract. So what if he's not going to start every game? Yeah, you know, yeah. you've got other responsibilities. You might not be starting every game, but that's not the only thing you're being paid for. You're the club captain. You know, like the the man who sets the yeah. tone, sets the example, who, who new players will go to to find out what's what if they need advice and stuff. You know, he has a responsibility to do that. He's in a, a big contract that he got for himself. When not everybody thought he should have got it. Now I'm not talking like I'm not going to go go back and and revisit history and say we shouldn't have done it because I was in favour of him getting that deal. I had no problem with it whatsoever. Even now I feel like he deserved it at the time. But once you've gone to the lengths that you went to to get it, because he had his agent touting him around other clubs, threatening to leave and all of that stuff, he got the contract he wanted and then he's just fucking walked out on it with two years left. When he's club yeah. captain, it'd be different if he wasn't the captain. But he is the I captain, agree. and it, the, it, that brings certain responsibilities, which he's been incredible with, by the way. You know, he's been a fantastic yeah. captain. He's done absolutely everything right, right up until now, up until this moment when he's done this. Jordan Henderson has been, you know, he's done everything exactly the way you would want your captain to do it. People can argue about the way he got the contract or whatever, but the thing is, I feel like, you know, it, he'd maybe been underpaid before that, in, in relation yeah. to like certain other players or whatever and my view is always like some people look at it and go hang on you're giving them like 200 grand a week for the next four years but to me part of that is like well yeah you're getting that 200 grand a week but it's partly because of what you've done before that to earn it mm -hmm. it's not about like mm -hmm. oh well is he going to be worth that when he's 35 well maybe not but he was worth that when he was 25 and he wasn't getting it so i'm okay with that you know i understand like mm -hmm. the, the the reason why you would reward players with contracts in that situation but once he's got the contract and he's the club captain you know i'd be pissed off if it was real madrid who'd come in and taken him you know, and, and he's he's walked away to Real Madrid. I'd be like, fucking hell, you know, that's a bit shit. But this is a joke. He's like, as you say, he's pretty much just given up his career. And I had to laugh before when I seen, like, he's apparently being given assurances about his England place. I'm like, oh, fuck off. Fuck off. If that's even a, if that's even a thought in his head that he's like, he wants assurances about England, no. You're retiring. Accept the consequences. You go over there, you're not going to be getting picked for England, and nor should you be getting picked for England. It's absolutely farcical. But Chris, did you did you watch his video, or could you not bring yourself to do it? No, I watched it. I watched it. I just left me feeling cold, really. I, I wasn't going to. Yeah, well, I wasn't going to watch it, and I was I was looking on the forum and people were talking about it, and I thought, I'm doing the pod. I probably should watch it so you know I, I, I know what people are talking about, and I've got a, a duty to watch it. So I put it on, and I started watching it. I lasted maybe 30 seconds. I'm like, no, that's going off. I, it, was, <laughs> it was a fucking joke. Like the, the, the dramatic, like melancholy music playing and reading mm -hmm. from a script. I'm like, oh, you know what, Hendo? You could have just sat there and just spoke from the heart. Instead, you're reading from a fucking script. Now, whether he wrote that himself or somebody wrote it for him, doesn't matter. It just came across as like just pure manufactured insincere just just fucking cringeworthy bullshit and i had to turn it off and I, I do take Stu's point when he said if he was going to the mls or something we'd have watched that and we'd lapped it up maybe so maybe i, I would have felt completely differently about it but 
it just it, it no it it was just it didn't it didn't hit the right tone for me. Um, I also find it really weird that nothing's been said by the club or even the club that he's he's fucking joining. I mean, he's training What's with them with already. That, by the way? That's the only reason we're recording tonight. Well, we're only recording because we were waiting until it was announced, and it hasn't even been announced. As while we're talking now, it's still not being announced. We just know Henderson's put something out about it. He was he was caught like well not caught but he was videoed today training all of this before any announcements being made it's utterly bizarre i don't know what the reason is i'm sure it'll all come out in the wash as to why but the way the whole thing's just developed it's just been pathetic from start to finish and that video that he put out which it made me skin crawl i couldn't watch it You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Jules, I just want to sort of go back to something that Dave was saying there um, about him setting the culture and, and the fact that he has been a tremendous captain who's done everything you'd want from somebody in the role. One of the things that's kind of been overlooked during this whole saga, really, is that now we're now missing that. Like, that's not something that we can replace very easily at all. No, it's like um, it's trying to lay the railway track when the train's running, isn't it? No? Because yeah, yeah. You've, lost, you've lost your two culture setters in Milner and Henderson. You've got the hope that the likes of Alisson, Robbo, and to a lesser extent Trent um, can, can step it up. Verge as well. I, I know there's questions over how, how he sort of is... But I think you have to sort of believe that he is—he is one of the culture setters. But yeah, th- those are the lads now who are going to have to do it because we've been left high and dry. Um, again, because he just suddenly decided, like, oh, that's a really good offer. I'm going to go. Um, and it's been a really weird preseason. I've tried—I haven't—I haven't like sort of followed the ins and outs of all the transfer sagas uh, because I, I can't be asked anymore. I'm in my forties now. I'm not interested in that anymore. Plus, there's too many. Um, well, there is that, and also like you know, the sort of the method of delivery is difficult now because Twitter is just an absolute mess. Uh, so it's really, and I don't really want to give give the owner of that site the steam off my piss. So it's it's difficult. So it, and I'm not going back to the the early two thousands and putting Sky Sports News on. That's not happening. So I've just I've been I've been sort of out of it. But it just seems like this the the summer. It just seems like. The Saudis have just taken a load of shit and thrown it and seen where it lands. And because of that, everything else is obscured with shit. So anyone's plans, anyone's boards got a bit of shit on it now. I'm like, oh, fuck, got to get around that, got to wipe that off. Because they've just gone, and it's everywhere. And it, it's it's like, there's no way we were planning to sell Hendo and Fabinho at the start of this window. And now it's like, right, we're going to have to sort of pivot on this one. And then oh, we're going to have to pivot on that one. And I'm not sure, like, you know, we spoke before the se- when the season ended that we weren't 100% confident that we would get our transfer business right because there's been so much upheaval there. 
and uh, my confidence is not high now we're having to do it on the fly like lay the track as we go because while it's great that we are changing the midfield and we're doing the necessary work these are a lot of young lads coming in you know playing in that midfield and like who's the senior person in there now um you know, Curtis has been here for a while, but you know you can't you can't really reasonably expect him to be it to be him. Um, so you sort of you know Trent, Tiago if, if he's fit. Which well, is he's never if. fit though, is know, he? I yeah, know. it's a big if. And you know, would you be surprised if suddenly he up sticks and went back to Barcelona on a farewell tour? And to be honest with you, I'd feel differently about that if he went if he'd said actually I've had an off from Barcelona, I want to go back. I'd go, well, fair enough. Fair enough. It's you know, it's it's, it's mm. your club. It's where you're from. I I understand that, which is why none of us can really understand the Henderson thing because, I, you know, I don't even know the name of the club he's going to. They all begin with Al something. It's like, uh, you know, <laughs> is it Al Hilal? Is it the, the one no, he's going to? Etifak. Al Etifak Eti- or something. Etifak. Yeah, I knew I knew it was that one. I was just going to say that as well. <laughs> one of the one of the the great the great teams of Saudi Arabia. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like they're not though. Makes... They're like, that's just mid-table no, I know. Well, shit. That, well, that's the other mad thing. <laughs> I know. But, so I, he's not I, even gone to one what... of the good teams. So, so again, like because I haven't, I haven't like followed it mass closely because it, you know I sort of see it and I go, Saudi Arabia, Henderson, okay, fine. What I don't get though is like they're not one of the four clubs owned by the public investment fund, so it turns out they haven't got that much of a pot to piss in. So why are they like? Why are they buying players like? They like why are they buying players like Henderson? Then I don't understand. I get where the the four public they're all propped ones up are. though. The whole league's propped yeah. up by it. Right. I think so. it's through Gerard. But if the... I think Gerard said I can have a word and get him if you want him. Yeah, but Gerard's not paying for it out of his own fucking bank balance, dude. No, no, but I think Gerard's probably said I can go and get the Liverpool captain. That's what I think. I think Gerard's probably gone. You know, I can get him. But that that doesn't speak volumes for Henderson. Like Stephen Gerrard rings you and goes, "Ah, oh, come and play for me." No, doesn't. Well, first of all, you're a shit manager. You've like demonstrably proven you're not a very good manager. But then second of all, you're in a, a league where I'm not sure the competitive standard. I'm not even sure how hot it's going to be to play. Like you know, for a player that used to like thrive on running, his energy that's going to be a bit difficult if it's thirty odd degrees all the time. You know, unless it's like uh, Qatar where they like air-conditioned all the stadiums those air conditioners that just look like massive versions of the one you have on a plane by the way in the stadium like gonna have to get someone to go around the edge of the stadium and turn around so they look they, they face the right way <laughs> uh, they'll spend the week after every game with a really bad fucking cold I remember I mean you won't remember this Dave because obviously you've never visited Chris but like when I I remember when I went to visit Chris (laughs) yeah but I've been to Florida he just wasn't there at the time (laughs) when I went to visit like when I was sleeping in the room I was like I I had to turn the air like he's like are the air conditions up there I'm like no I won't be putting that on he's like it'd be really warm like I can't. I get really ill when I, if I sleep in rooms with air conditioning because I went, I went to the Caribbean years ago, and I got like really sick and I was like really cold. You know, I had like a cold. I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with me? And I realised it was because the air conditioning was on all night and I was like really ill. So when you were making fun of Naby Keita with a stiff neck, I'm thinking, do you know what though? <laughs> I feel the pain there because I've, I, I've like if I'm in air conditioned rooms for a long time, I, I do get, I start getting cold symptoms. 
But hey, did you see Naby got injured in in, in the warm up? I did see it. Of course, he did. Preseason game. Yeah, <laughs> that's Saudi about, Arabia- as on brand as you can get. Well, not even not even Naby Keita's taking the Saudi Arabian dollar. Like it's That's just so yeah. It's just to, it's just so weird, so weird that he would consider this as an option. That I, it'll never be we. It'll be never weird, and it's it is difficult now. You you're gonna lose the club captain, and now you have to go right. I mean, I, I suppose they already know. I suppose they they have the leadership team or whatever, and it'll just be minus one, and someone else will slot into it. So, you know, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. You have to hope that it carries on. But it does make you sort of think, what do the players in the squad think? Do they just think, ah, oh, fair enough, you know, you're earning lots of money, good luck to you? Or do they think, fucking hell, that's a bit strange. Mm. I'd love to know. But he's the weirdest marquee signing ever as well, because his, his talent has always been to, to get the best out of the better creative players around him. So he's going to turn up as a marquee signing. At a mid- <laughs> don't, don't you start. No, that's all you did. <laughs> he's, going to, he's going to turn up at a mid-table club, and he's going to be... He's meant to bring all the fireworks, presumably, at that team. It's, he's going to be looking at like a load of non-league you know, Saudi you know, players trying to get know, the best out right. of them. It's so weird. You're right, Stu, because it's like you know, it's like when a lower league team signs. You know, you know what it's like. It's like um, Ben Foster playing for Wrexham. On the one hand, you go like, "Oh, that's really good for them," and on the other hand, you go, mm, "It's not that much of a." <laughs> ben Foster's playing for you and goes like, "It's a good story, but it's like." Mm doesn't really you know it doesn't really move you in terms of like what you think's going to happen it's like when a really old player turns up at a club and everyone gets dead excited and you think yeah but they're old now it's not that exciting is it it's like yeah the, you know it's all right and it's just, it's just he's a bit younger it's like yeah he's he's a Liverpool captain but you don't really do much does he like you know it, it, what it's are we looking for it's not going to be fun either it? is it He's going to be, uh, you know, 5,000 people watching you running around in the sun, giving it to a load of crap players. And I just, it just, it is, it's essentially, it's just retirement. I think it makes it even sadder, the fact that, like, the this is a generation of players who aren't going to go and have to run a pub when they finish. They can still earn mm-hmm. good money for the rest of their lives, doing punditry, you know, Carragher, Neville, they all earn good money. Even if he doesn't want to do that, he could be an assistant manager. You can earn good money all the way through till you're, you know, 50s, 60s. Mm-hmm. You're not off running a sports shop, are you? It's just, right. did you really you need that? You looked after the club as well you, these days. All that yeah, you know, you do, stuff, you you do different appearances and or even like Fowler, you can just earn shit tons of passive money from owning assets and things. It's just, yeah, I just... It, yeah. I'm not sure how many of us feel about that either, though. Mm. No, it's not great, but, you know, it's the way... It's a, the way it's a, the world it's works. A 20, you own shit, you own more shit. It's a 26,000 capacity stadium where they play. It's the Prince Mohammed bin Fahd Stadium. I think their average attendance was like 5,000 or something last year. What is it? They can't even fill a 26,000 seat the stadium. Yeah, it was just... That's what happens because, well, you know, the field's been cut down a bit because they don't allow women to go, so that's half of the population who can't attend <laughs> anyway. True. They might have 10,000 if they don't like women to go. And if we know anything about oil countries, we know they can fudge their attendance figures. Mm. <laughs> we yeah. do. So it might be getting less than 5,000, is that what we're saying? Again, explain to me, everyone, how, how come the, world, the world's most famous football club with the most European Cups can be behind Manchester City in revenue? Because all ever I go anywhere, I see pricks in Real Madrid shirts. I don't see people in the Man City shirt. It's somehow 
biggest revenue in world football. It's amazing what these what this oil these oil people can do. Yeah, clever. I used to like it when oil people were just JRU in, like giving his wife a slap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That you knew right. who you were there. You knew who you were. Um, so I want to. We've got a little bit off track here, but I do want to have a, a quick chat about um, Gerard's role in all of this. And as you guys know, I don't really need an excuse to have a pop at him because I don't really like him very much. Um, but I think his role in this has been kind of fucking reprehensible, really. Like if you if you care to if you profess to care about Liverpool Football Club as much as you do then you don't, just because you've decided to go to Saudi Arabia and pretend to be a football manager, you don't go and get the Liverpool captain and completely upset the apple cart and and fuck up our season plans three weeks before the season starts just because you're having a little pretend fucking football manager thing. Like, I'm not sure what his fucking game is, but honestly, you can fuck off. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I can't argue with that. I can't, can't disagree at all. I think... There's a lot of players out there that we could have gone for, and he's gone for Liverpool's club captain, who's got two years left on his contract. Um, yeah, I think it's a it's a fucking shit house move from him. Simple as that, really. Good. I'm so player before the club as well, as always. I know that's where all transfers work now, but they've obviously had a chat with him before they've even bothered talking to us about yep. it. Yeah. So. Well, one good thing at least we can stop fucking talking about him being future Liverpool manager. Thank fuck. Yeah, yeah. With yeah. that ship sailed a long time ago. To be fair, I don't think there's yeah. any chance of that. So I, yeah. I'm gonna, ch- I'm not gonna quite, I'm be, change tack a little bit there. I don't really blame Gerard for it. He's not a Liverpool player. He's not a Liverpool manager. He can, he, he has has ties to the club. It's entirely his choice. He's a grown man. It's entirely Henderson's choice. He's a grown man. It looks a bit, uh, it looks a bit unsavoury for me. I'm not sure why he would do it, but it's. I really, he's no longer associated with Liverpool directly anymore. It's entirely his choice if he wants to go there. It's a silly move, uh, and it's entirely his choice if he wants to try and sign Jordan Henderson. He could try all he wants. It's up to Jordan Henderson to say yes, and he did. Well, we've already not ripped Henderson, so you know, no yeah. one's, no one's I, blaming Gerrard. I, I mean, the minute, done. the minute Gerrard went there, that he was basically saying. He was given up on his managerial career of any meaning, you know, any sort of meaningful way, as far as I'm concerned. There's no way you'd have to win that league and the Asian Champions League multiple times before anyone in England would consider giving you a, 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 a good club a role now. And I don't think, you know, I don't think anyone would do that anyway, because I think his experience at Villa and how quickly Unai Emery turned Villa around after he left. <laughs> it's like, in fact, I don't think Steven Gerrard did the worst PR job on his own career. I think Unai Emery did by coming mm, into Villa sure, right. and making them look competent all of a sudden. You know, it, yeah, it's you know, the, the, and that was a guy yeah, who was like Gerard laughed out of the just building. Say, he loosened the jar. It's one of them. Well, you say I, I set that up, and if I'd have been there a bit yeah. longer, it, I, I'm not saying that's true, but that's what you would argue if you were in his shoes. Well, he learned. He learned that one from either learned that excuse from Julia then, wouldn't he, for two thousand and five? Yeah. It's 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 you can only you know you can only do what you can do, and Gerard didn't you know had Villa in a bad position in the league, close to relegation, and Emery came in and got them into Europe. That is a bigger indictment of Gerard than anything Stephen Gerard did himself as a manager. Mm. But as again, he's he's a grown man, he's an adult. 
he's have he's forging his career. He's made this choice, and Henson's made this choice. Um, it's just all a bit. It's just all a bit unsavory. It's just, it, that's it's, it's my take. I don't I don't dislike Steven Gerrard, but then I've I've never like the Chelsea. Th- I never really got fully over the Chelsea thing, you know. Like oh, yeah, I, I forgave him for it, but I never sort of like it always tainted the brand sort of thing. You know, I I could never fully go like yeah 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 because you try to fuck off the Chelsea, you know, twice yeah. <laughs> at the absolute yeah. height of that cultural rivalry as much as the football rivalry. Yeah, yeah, like, I, it, it's, it's so I, like I forgave him for it, but at the same time, it, you know, it was never back to one hundred after that. It was always like you know eighty percent or whatever because it was always like yeah, but the Chelsea thing, you know, that did happen. I, you know, I, you know, I can ignore it, but I, at the same time, it happened, and it's, it'll always be there. So, yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not going in two footed on, ironically, on Gerard as you are. But uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like you, you know, we can say, oh, you know, what a dickhead and all that. They're adults. They're they're ad- they're grown men. They're allowed. They're allowed to make their decisions. Just because you can uh, do something doesn't mean you should do it, though. But that's, that's him, though, isn't it? It's like it's that's his what I would say. Jeff Goldblum. It's ego, it's egomaniacal, like Stevie Me, like I'm the be all and end all. I'm the, pointing at the back of his shirt, screaming, "I'm the fucking man!" When he scores goals and stuff, the bloke's always Hang on, a fucking arsehole. Hang on, though. I mean, like a lot of players do that, and sometimes that kind of stuff is like you know what happened. It's the mentality of a, of, a, of like a high end sports person athlete isn't it like they are like that they are quite narcissistic it's what drives them forward yeah i love to be that the best <laughs> i mean yeah dave would be doing it now if he could so i mean <laughs> I am let's doing not... it now. yeah there you go <laughs> if dave crushes this podcast he'll do a lap of the house just to make sure <laughs> like... a very slow lap of the house <laughs> you can do you can do the dave batista wave you know just the turn of the hand but you know, I, I can't like I'm not gonna knock him for that. Like that that's part of the that's part and parcel of like Tiger was like dined off that shit and everyone, you know marveled at his at his ability to, to, to reel in, you know, players at tournaments or to lead the field and keep leading and all that, you know. And you pick any sport, any sport Jordan. and they're, they're all like that. Yeah, Jordan, you know He was an awesome um, too. They can yeah. be though, because that's the thing. But like you, yeah. you accept it's part and parcel of it. You know, they're not all nice. Some of them are nice guys, but like they can't all be Luis Suarez. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it, you know, it, it, in sort of honor of like you know Chris's new gig, they they can't all be Lionel Messi, can they? No, no, that was good the other night, by the way. On, I was going to say you can you, you can do it, but then just don't expect a warm welcome and don't start going on about being Mister Liverpool. If you want to try and nip the captain to come over and play for you, that's fine. But then mm-hmm. please don't give us all the Mister Liverpool stuff. And no, that's fair. That's that's to. fair as well. Yeah, I just think will, you, you got to go it, one way or the other. Yeah, he will. Yeah. He will be giving it that to you when he comes back. Yeah. Oh, he will. Yeah, and, and loads of fans will be happy with that. Yeah. Anyway, well, um, a lot of fans him. will be happy because Henderson's gone, especially the the non the non match going fans. So they'll well, they'll be they'll be entirely vindicated by all of this. We should probably talk about that then, from just from like the footballing perspective. I don't mm-hmm. know whether that's what you wanted to get onto next, Chris, but I feel like that just ties in, doesn't it? It does, yeah, because it's it's a question of whether how this is going to affect us and whether 
in time it could be regarded as something that was perhaps necessary this clean out like if Fabinho goes as well then we've cleared the decks of the midfield the aging midfield some some way through choice and not through others but like Dave do you think that that it could end up being a positive thing for us overall yeah it might be like a little bit of short-term pain but I think long term we'll be fine uh, I think with Henderson, I think we'll miss Henderson, the captain, more than we'll miss Henderson, the player, this season. Because I don't think he was going to have like the the same kind of you know integral role that he had before. I still think he would have had like a, a significant part to play on the field, but a lot of it would be just helping the new players integrate. You know, because um, the the position that he's been playing, I don't think it particularly suited him anymore. You know, the, with the change in system. I don't think like playing as a on the right hand side of the like whatever you want to call them two eights two tens whatever you want to call it. I don't think that particularly suited them that much. So it was the right thing to do to be phasing them out. I mean that that goes without saying. But it's happened. See, I think the problem is because it's happened and it wasn't planned. Like we were not planning to do this. We were planning on having him around the squad, playing a certain amount of games. I think he would have played quite a few games as the six as well. You know, I think like between him and Fabinho, they would have, and Thiago went fit. I think that would have taken care of the six rather than us going out and buying somebody. Um, the Fabinho situation, which we'll get to later, that's forced our hands. We've definitely got to buy a six now. Henderson going, do we need to buy somebody to replace him? I don't know because I think we've already we've already done that in the sense, um, the two new midfielders who've come in, they they sort of forced Henderson out of the first eleven anyway. Uh, so if you're signing somebody else, well, what do you do? Do you sign a, another promising kid who's happy to play like a certain amount of games a season, or do you do you go for more experience? Because there's a danger that the squad's getting a little bit maybe too young. So I do think like this has caused us a bit of a problem in terms of what we do about replacing them. I, I don't think it's like quite straightforward now, um, and I do think that's the the big inconvenience is that this is happening maybe a year ahead of what we wanted it to happen, when we wanted it to happen. And the other thing is, going back to the fee, I mean, like Stu's arguments about the fee, I totally agree with him. It's not so much about what we value Henderson. You know, I think it's what we've got probably a fair price, but not a fair price when you consider how much money they're throwing around. It should be like, well, you're throwing all that money around, you can throw some our way and you, you can pay good money because we don't want to sell him. He's part of our plans for this year. So... If if he goes, we have we've got to buy somebody, haven't we? So if we're letting him go for like ten million or whatever, well, what good's that when it comes to replacing mm -hmm. him? No, it's it different when you're wages. wanting to. Well, yeah, freeze up wages. I, I get that, but I do think like you know the argument should have been when we were, were negotiating, we should have said, well, look, we're not looking to sell him. You're coming in wanting to take him away, and he's got two years left on his contract. We've got to replace him. And the other thing which no one's really mentioned. It's it's a homegrown player that we've lost, so yeah. we can't just go out and replace him with like you know some Spanish player or something like that. We can't do it. Well, we can, but it means we've got to shuffle things around elsewhere to do it. So that's another problem. Like you look at the price that English players are going for. Look at what Mason Mount went for. Conor Gallagher to West Ham. They're talking fifty million quid. So the English tax means mm. if we want to replace Henderson with another like for like homegrown midfield player. It's going to cost us a fucking fortune, and we're letting him go for ten million. So that's another part of this. That's not ideal. But just purely from the football sense, we're not going to miss him massively on the field this year. 
Hopefully not. I mean, if we do, it's because the new players haven't performed or we've had an injury crisis. But I don't know what we do in terms of do we buy a replacement for him or are we looking at, like, well, no, let's just get a six in and then and make do with whatever we've got elsewhere. I don't know. It's a tricky one. So what have we got now, then? We've got um, Sobislai, we've got Thiago, McAllister, um, Curtis, Harvey and Thiago. Did I say him already? Uh, yeah, but Trent as well. Um, Trent, yeah, okay, all right. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, de we well. definitely, yeah, Bajet yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. It's gonna be. Is he is he healthy yet or not? No, he's training, no. but not not full training. I don't think he's played okay. in the preseason games, has he? So Henderson um, leaving in some senses could free up, you know, a, a spot for him to progress a little bit faster than he. He might have had the opportunity to otherwise with all of these new signings around as well. So, looking on the bright side, that you know, we, we hope that what we saw from him is very much a sign of things to come, rather than you know him just being better than the shit that we were pumping out around the turn of the year, um, and it sort of you know him not being, <laughs> him not instantly turning into this world class player. But um, we saw enough signs from him to think that there's there's definitely something to think he can be a regular. Um, if not immediately, but you know, in the in the medium term. So, I guess I'm just trying to look on the positive side a bit, Jules. What do you think? Do we do we get two in now, or do we just try and replace one of them? I think you try and get two in, whether we can or not. I mean, there's no point in spending the money for the sake of spending the money either. But um, <laughs> Dave mentioned an injury crisis. I wouldn't, you know, you can't rule that out at all. The way uh, we manage our injuries, mm. so. Uh, I think you need the bodies, so you need two. But I, I, you know, I don't know what they're looking at because even sort of even like the transfers we're linked with, they seem to just be like they seem to drag on a little bit this summer. Like so much for the oh, get them in early and get it all done because we're only what four weeks from the start of the season? No, three, no, four, four week, no. It's the twelfth, isn't it? Week of the twelfth. Uh, weekend of the 12th of August so we're, yeah but three weeks from the start of the season so you're not getting anybody in early now are you? you're not bedding anybody in so it, I I think you should be trying for the bodies at this point because we had so many injuries last year and we ran out of players but whether they they have those players available I mean there'll be a point where those players won't be available because other clubs will go it's too close now we don't want to sell them so I'd, I'd be looking for two we're not in the Champions League, though. That does make it a little bit easier because you can play kids in the Europa. It's not like you're having to play two high-profile games but every week. You know, when you're like you've basically got a new midfield, though, you don't know what the combination, how which combination is going to work. So you want to give yourself as many options as possible to find the right combination, yeah. especially if you are chopping and changing between Europa League games and Premier League games. Stu, do you? I mean. It's difficult to kind of keep track of it at the moment because there are so many names being thrown around and so many questionable sources on Twitter throwing those names up. But of all the players that we've been linked to, like, give us a couple of names uh, that, that sort of like that you'd like to see us bring on board, perhaps. I'm. I think we need a six, don't we? We need, we need a holding player. So it looks like from the the talk today, it looks like we're pretty set on getting Lavia from Southampton, which is. It's an interesting buy. I think it's probably when you're saying is this a good thing for us. I think we're probably we're probably going to have a season now where 
I'd set us a couple of points down on where we were going to be. I think I think losing that experience probably gives us. I think it gives you a bit more volatility. We're going to new, you know, new networks, new combinations are going to be trying to trying to adapt. I would expect us to to finish a couple of points below what I would have without these changes. But it does accelerate the process of rejuvenating that midfield, and it probably has put. If you think about wages and fees. The amount it was, we thought it was going to cost us to to sort the midfield, we're probably maybe sixty, seventy million pounds up on that now. Not not from our choice, but we are, and we're doing it a year sooner than we probably would have wanted to. So, if you ask me, would I take seventy million to have a bit more risk this year? Probably, probably means you can bring in. Uh, if they're going to bring Lavier in. He's he looks he's got potential. He looks like he gets his foot in. He's a big lad. Um. And he's good at getting out of the press. It looks like he's hard to press. He can go past people who come and try and get the ball off him. Don't think it doesn't look like he can dictate play, but I might be wrong. Um, so I, I understand why why we might look at bringing him in, but he's young. He's going to make mistakes, and that's a very important position in the team. He's not what is he nineteen? I think played twenty odd games, top like for the first team. He's going to make mistakes, so we just have to accept that if we are going to accelerate this. Uh, process of rejuvenating midfield, we might just have to take it on the chin. If if Thiago's not fit this year, we're looking at quite an inexperienced midfield now. You know, even Trent, who's a bit more experienced, hasn't played in there a lot. So there's a lot of new faces in that midfield. When you say one or two, I'd go one, but I think this summer you have to be a bit agile. And maybe if we've got that seventy million pounds in in the bank. You have to be on your toes for if there is a bit of value somewhere. If with with all the Saudi money going around, with some teams might end up with too much, too many players on the hands. If a big hitter becomes available at like sixty million, just whatever name you want to talk about, if you want to talk about Kimmich or Valverde or someone at the right age, if it was twenty seven ish or something like that, if they become available, I feel like you do that. You do that and you get them till they're thirty one, thirty two, whatever, and that that really shores the project up for five years if you if you do if you can do that rather than going and getting a prospect you've got enough prospects now mm-hmm. if one of them doesn't come available i wouldn't be buying another gamble because i think we've got enough for them we've got we can have a look at batch we can have a look at the you know if we if we bring lavier in he's a young lad there's enough players that we can have a look at and can fill gaps curtis can do that harvey can do that wouldn't be taking another punt but if a sure thing became available I think maybe you use that little bit of headroom that you've got to, to to grab that and take advantage of maybe a bit of a bit of uh, uncertainty in the market or just the right opportunity where a club's got too many players. Dave, do you go along with that? Yeah, I do. But I'd also say like it's all gone very quiet on the centre back as well. You know, we're mm. not getting a lad from Chelsea, so what's what's plan B? Because we need to do something there. I think though, like what we're going to see this season, I think it's going to be like. Klopp's early years were you know, pre-Van Dijk yeah. really I know we've got Van Dijk now but the way the team was then we were just relying on like okay we're just going to have to score a shitload here because we're going to be a bit ropey at the back and I'm not saying that like specifically about the defenders it's not like oh you know the defenders are shit we've got a problem it's not that I just think like when you're bedding in all these new players I think we're going to just be relying on like scoring a lot of goals because we are going to be 
you know, just with with the press, people maybe not quite being where they need to be, and and we've we've seen last season what happens when when it's not working collectively, and I do think it's going to take time for all of that to you know to bed in, and we'll probably concede goals as a result of it. And again, I'm not saying it's because like the defence as such is the problem; it's the team defending that's going to be the issue for us. So, and we've already seen it in pre season, like the forwards are on fire. And like, well, yeah, this is what we're going to need next year because I think we're going to have a few of those four three games, you know, just those wild matches. But thankfully, it does look like we've got enough firepower. Uh, you know, if if Diaz stays fit. You know, Gakpo's bedded in now. I think Darwin's going to be like flying this season. Uh, Mo's going to be Mo. Don't start, Jules. We're not outside the chip. You just, just fucking wind your neck in. Mo's going to be Mo. Jules is looking like genuine annoyance. See, Jules, you got him there because there was some, even that little snigger, I could sense there was some like genuine annoyance. I knew, what was coming. I knew what was coming. He can't help himself. He can't help himself. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how he was the last laugh there. But yeah, we are going to have like uh, some problems. So I do think it's just going to be we're going to rely on the attack. Okay, let's just go out and score more than the other team. I think that's got to be like the the mantra this season until everything beds in and we become solid. And then you know it's Klopp two point now, isn't it? You know this team, it's like mm. it's, it's more or less a new team. Because when you think about it, you can roll off the team that we had. You know the the, the four three C three system. All the players we knew it was like the first eleven more or less picked itself. You know that those players are just going to go down in history as like that. That was a great team, and if you look at it now, most of them have gone. So you've still got Allison, you've still got Van Dyke, you've still got Mo, uh, you've still got Robbo. But even Robbo's position in the team's a little bit tenuous, depending on what we do with this system. If we sign a left-sided centre back, that puts Robbo in a bit of in a bit of trouble. So, and the rest of the team's new. You know, like. So I, I do think we have Trent got too. yeah, Trent, but even Trent like he's in he's in a different role. So mm. although we've still got Trent, it's not the Trent that that we had in in like the, the marauding right back in the four three three. It's a different Trent yeah. now. So it is a completely different team, really, barring like you know the three or four established old heads we've got in there, and they'll be phased out over the next couple of years. Hopefully not Allison. You know I'd like to see Allison stick around for as long as he wants. But I, I do think that Robbo may have a problem over the next couple of years. Um, I'm not expecting Mo to be here for, for more than two years. Maybe even next summer we might have a, an issue there. I don't know. So the, the team as we knew it has gone. And we've still got a few players remaining just, just to help the process, you know. Uh, to, you know, the um, the transition from like the old team to the new team. Um, but... Most of the teams changed already, and we, we're going to see more changes. Obviously, so you know you're going to have like Lavia is probably going to come in for Fabinho. So again, you look at that. I mean, it, it's going to take time to bed in because the last team did. You know, it didn't happen overnight. It was like steady progress, and we were exciting. You know, there was a lot for us to to enjoy watching, but we were still flawed. And then. You know those flaws went when we got Allison and Van Dyke and Fabinho, and then you know we just took off then. So you know hopefully like the same thing's going to happen, but it's not going to happen overnight. Are you confident that that is going to happen though? Like part of me thinks that maybe that that first eleven that you mentioned that won the league in the European Cup, um, that was sort of like lightning in a bottle. Like, yeah, can we can we reassemble that same culture? Do you think, Jules, with like? Uh, an entirely new group of players with Jurgen being five years older than he was then. Like, I, I, I'm a little bit wary that 
we might be we might end up being a little bit ordinary. Yeah, because the ingredients aren't the same, are they? The the chef is 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 the same, but the ingredients aren't, and so you can't be sure what's going to come out. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I I would be a little bit wary of it. I would I wouldn't be 100% certain that we're going to get the same result from this. Yeah, and as you say, Klopp's a bit older, a bit more jaded. Um, I'm not sure. Sh- I'm not sure about what what'll what'll come with the new signings and who will be what and whether players can step up into their roles. Um, don't know. Great, exciting answer. I'm sorry, but it's it's a, it's a don't know, isn't it? I I I, I side with you though. I don't think I'm wary that it it'll happen the same way. Yeah, but a great chef can make you know great meals, whatever. Don't you dare do. talk about cooking. I'm not talking about me. I'm not saying I'm a great chef. What I'm saying is, you know, the the ingredients might be different, but if you've still got the great chef, he's going to rustle something up, isn't he? Not if like, not if he's you. Not necessarily. Not if you've been working like, in the kitchen every day for fucking, you know. Nah, Klopp still five looks like non-stop. he still looks like he's got it to me. He doesn't look. He's, there's been times when you can see it's it's got him down a bit, but no, I think he's rejuvenated, and I, I'm not worried about Klopp. No, yeah. definitely not. I think having a fresh group of players will, will help as well, won't it? Yeah. New 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 young lads listening to the message, so it isn't the same people who've heard the same message off him. I think. I mean, it really, would be really nice if Guardiola just fucked off, though, wouldn't it? You know, so that if we got eighty-eight points or something, we might win the league. Mm-hmm. It would. It is really annoying that it feels like during this during Klopp's time, we have to get ninety-five points to win the fucking league every year. But yeah, I, I th- I'm pretty confident that with with a new set of lads, it'll be uh, very least like you say, Dave. I think it'll be good to watch. It'll be it'll be entertaining. It'll be going back to some of that heavy metal stuff. Energetic um, with the young legs in there. Yeah, I, I do worry a bit about the leadership. I do, you look at it now, and it is a bit it is a bit empty, isn't it? We probably it's hard to know without being inside the dressing room because Virgil always looks laid back, doesn't he? So, but I do think you look around and. They look at him as the alpha, I think, in that dressing room, because the only other you run out of possibilities really for the for captaincy and leadership. I think Robbo seems to be like a joker, and is he is he firm enough? And Mo Mo's the best player, but is he a good communicator? Um, so I think probably it would it would be pretty unanimous if you ask that that group of players who they look at who they look to now as the leader. So I mean, maybe let's be let's be optimistic. Maybe that kicks verge up the arse a little bit as well. Maybe yeah. it has to be a bit more but, serious, but Stu, a bit less laid back. When when you talk about like captains, there's, I mean, there's kind of two different roles. There's like this club captain, and then there's on the pitch captain. And I think now the main job of the on the pitch captain, it's not so much like leading his team because other players in the team can do that. It's dealing with the mm. fucking refs. And like Hendo's yeah. pretty good at that. Hendo could get away yeah. with saying whatever he wanted to referees, and he never got like got in trouble for it because he's like England international Jordan English Henderson. Boy, yeah. So you you get away with all kinds of shit. Whereas like, as I, I don't know if they're just the type to be getting in a referee's face. People have said about mm. like maybe Allison being captain. Well, as great as Allison is, he, he's in goal. He's on the other end of the pitch yeah. to the ref half the time. So. And and if a player who's not the captain is in the referee's face giving him shit, refs don't like that. 
they'll take a certain amount from the actual Just captain. Imagine Robbo is captain. That's, that's why Robbo can't captain. be captain. Be terrible, yeah. Not not because Robbo's a joker around the club. Robbo can be serious and he wants. Robbo could not be captain because the fucking refs and linesmen hate him. <laughs> so it's a big problem. You can't yeah, have Salah Robbo gets doing nothing that. Off from either, and and that's was, like, that was my next point. Is like they don't like Mo. They don't give Mo anything. He can't get a decision. So how's Mo going to be like in the mm. in the refs here trying to get decisions for other players? He doesn't even get anything for himself. So should Darwin be captain because he's learned a bit of the English? Yes, a little bit early, a little so, bit early for him. But I so like where he can't going. really offend people, but he can get involved. I think you know, maybe it's, it's a year and he can or two fucking too drop soon. Drop on if he, you know, if they get a bit too chesty <laughs> as well. Yeah, if someone looks at him the wrong way, you know, he can just stick the head in and go, what? I don't know, I'm trying really hard. Oh, fair enough, mate. Let's applaud you off the pitch. We're not going to win this game now, but well done. Now, when Darwin's been here a little bit longer, he, he might start displaying leadership traits. We'll see. But, um, no, but like, seriously, though, it, it is like it is an issue because it is two separate things to me, like club captain and then the person on the pitch who's going to be in the referees here. And that's not necessarily the same person. Like, it should probably be Trent, shouldn't it? Yeah, it should. Mm. But this yeah. is where you've got a problem. It's like you can't give Trent the armband because Virgil will see his arse and he'll be no use to you whatsoever. I don't think Virgil van Dijk would take that snub in the way Sammy Hippier took it when, when Gerard was given the captaincy. So 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 Van Dijk is captain has with, to be. There's no other Trent I, I, as it vice doesn't captain. sit well with me. Virgil being captain does not sit well, well with me. It's not it's ideal. Tre- it's dressing room politics, isn't it? So what? Trent is vice captain in that situation. Um that would be ideal. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, if I, I mean, I'd have Allison order, as captain. I know, but for the reason I just said well, before, no, I can't I'm with you. But Allison, like as a as like a, a club captain, ambassador, you know, setting the tone, all that stuff. Yeah, Allison with the armbands on the pitch, no, because he's not going to be able to go racing fifty Spurs, yards out of his goal. I, I mean, this, perhaps, this perhaps isn't a great. This isn't perhaps a great example, but like. Spurs had Larissa as captain. Yeah, and he was United dog shit hate... as captain. It's a fucking United fraud. had De Gea as captain. Again? Well, what good did shit, that do? And they were shit. Yeah. Yeah, but they were shit in gold, like Allison isn't. But they were also I shit. I just worry that if Allison's captain, we're, we're gonna, he's going to be like subjecting the players to like prayer meetings and that kind <laughs> yeah, of stuff. We'll have, yeah, but uh, you know, like, that's, <laughs> well, that's a really good. Nowhere near the rainbow a... armband. No, 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 no that's, that's a really good not, point, I'm though. I'm not joking. Putting his arm around no, the ref be- and saying, you've got that one wrong, ref, but it's okay are because you- Jesus loves you. <laughs> are you seriously saying you don't want a man who's got God on his side as captain? Like, I mean, you're not going to have a bigger person on your side than God, is it? He just gives it the old Ned Flanders and says a quick prayer before he goes and sees the ref, and the ref goes, do you know what? There was a penalty, actually. I've got some terrible <laughs> news for you, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> you're right we've got you right no you've got it right we better have Mo because Allah <laughs> we, we, we want Mohammed and all that we don't want, we don't want the Christian God we want the, yeah, the you've got to cover all bases no Just, so we know, have um, we have you know Santa we have, Claus right <laughs> so we have so you have Allison and Mo so you've got both types of religions covered there so whichever God you're praying to you're okay you've got you've got the majority of of the world's God covered I think I from, a, from a captaincy standpoint, I think I, it's a new era, and I think you, you we need to clear the decks from a captaincy standpoint as well. So not Van Dyke. I I be I would be concerned about giving it to Trent because I'd love for him to just have a year now where he's just enjoying his football again and yeah. not dealing with any additional responsibility beyond like nailing that new position and him just being the the cocky smug 
world-class talent that he is and not really having to worry about anything else other than just doing that. I would I would go with Robbo because I do think he has the mentality for it. And I do think, you know, I always think back to that Man United game when we're 5-0 up and he's telling people to, to not take their foot off the gas. I don't think there's any more... He didn't listen more, to him, now. No, but the next year that they the next year they did. Yeah. Right? Like yeah, we, we we made up for that more than. Um and I don't think there's a more competitive player in the squad than him anymore. Someone who is as fiercely wants to win as much as um as he does and, and hates it when it's not going his way. Like I don't I would have Robbo in that club captain role and I would have um Salah probably as your like your on field captain, like your inspirational talisman who leads in a different way. But you know, the the point that you make about the refs is also equally valid and I hadn't really thought of it from that perspective. I think so it's, it's more valid now than it was in the past. Because in the past anyone would go up to the referee and argue about decisions, but now it just seems to be like if you're not the captain, refs do not want you talking to them. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree with all that about Robbo, but all, what I would say to you, in an ideal world, to me, who if you ask me who's the most suitable person to be captain, for me it's Robbo, no no doubt about it, but I wouldn't do it for various reasons. One, Virgil would see his arse, and then you've got a problem there. Two, referees and linesmen don't particularly get on with Robbo, and three... What you got if, elbowed in the face by a linesman. Yeah, but three, <laughs> what, if, what if we sign... Like, got in trouble for it. What if we sign like this like shit-hot left-sided centre-back who fits the system that we're playing, and then Robbo is no longer guaranteed his place in the team? So there's, there's, like, there's various reasons... But that's why you have the club captain and the, and the on-field captain, isn't it? But then you've got Mo as the on-field captain... Would you not, not, not appoint captain until the transfer window's closed and then that's not a problem for this season? If you um, sign that player, then you don't. If you, do, if you don't sign it, you give it him. No, I don't know. I still don't think it's. I don't think there is like a, a perfect solution. I don't think. I don't a, think a it'd be Robbo. I'd be line, astonished if it's Robbo. Trent, but but as Chris said, not not now. It'll be Verge. It has I think, to be I think everyone in that dressing room thinks it's Virgil, so it'll be Virgil, and it just. I think if you go in away from that, you're complicating issues where you don't need to. Yeah, they, they won't I go away from it because. So do yeah. I, but they won't go away from it because you've you've literally got no choice here. It has to be him. To not upset him, you're just not going to have a proper captain then. Pretty much, yeah. But you don't know right. what you don't know what goes on behind closed doors as well, boys. Sure. I honestly, I think in that their own group, they'll know who the leader is and who set the tone. And I think it's probably going to be Virgin in his own way. Do you know what? I keep going back to like the the, the, the image of that goal at Old Trafford though, when Milner's oh, Milner. out to bollock him because he he didn't come out and make a block, and it's like yeah. Your captain not throwing himself in front of shot, and he doesn't. You know, it's not like that was a one-off. It's happened other times as well. And I feel like if he starts, like if I'm on the pitch and he starts bollocking me for something, and he's not doing those things, <laughs> I'd, I'd like if I'm James Milner, I'm, I'm Van Dyke's the captain, and he starts bollocking me for something. I'm not taking that off him. I'm not. I'll be like, hang on a minute, do your own fucking job before you start telling us about doing ours. So that maybe I'm, I'm like a little bit prejudiced against him because of stuff like that but he's just and also we can dismiss this and say oh Dutch pundits are all knobheads or whatever 
but it's not just like Van der Vaart, is it? There's others. There's there's like there's a lot of like murmurings coming out of Holland about like he shouldn't be the captain and he's not a great leader and stuff. So that's like that's a bit of a red flag as well. It's not like everyone in Holland sees him as like oh yeah he's our captain he's you know great leader no question marks at all. They've got question marks about him. So I think like I have as well because why wouldn't I? You know he's hopefully he just proves us all wrong. And he steps up into the mm. role, and he's great. And you know what? I think like Virgil playing at his absolute best, this is not an issue because he is the man. He's just got that swagger about him, and you know the the aura, and everybody like respects him. But Virgil not playing well and being captain, nah, that's potential is this, for problems. Is, is there something to be said for doing it like uh, NFL style, where the players just vote for the captain? I think they kind of do that anyway, won't they? Yeah, they've got a committee, haven't they? They've got yeah. like a leadership committee. Yeah, so it might be. It, they have like four, it I think four or five of them are in it. Yeah, yeah, you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. It might they might have voted it from themselves, and it's not really for us to then say, is it? It's their choice. No, but we we just what we say means fuck all. Really, it's not like we're making the decision, but you you have an opinion on it. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I he, he will think, be the captain, and the players yeah. probably want him to be the captain. I just think there's potential for that to end badly. Yeah, like Harry Maguire at Man United style. If he's, if he's maybe not, maybe oh, not that God, badly. That's a bit much. <laughs> <fucking hell. laughs> not that badly, but... Um, no. But you know what I mean, though? Yeah, so you, I know you, you you're mean. the one who said that if he's not playing well, then him being captain is a problem. Mm. And we saw how that went at United. But I don't I don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that Virg is going to have a Harry Maguire-esque calamitous season. And everything well, Virg has got the aura, result, hasn't but, he? Had you know? Did the, yeah. well. He's no. He still does for the most part. And all all Maguire had was like you know the head gravity around his head. <laughs> <laughs> A massive gravitational pull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you probably you guys are probably right. It's going to be. It, it probably will be Virgin. That is the simple choice. But um, again, it goes back to what you were saying about. Um, us letting James Milner go as well because it would have, it would have just been him by default. He would have he's the vice captain. He would have become the club captain. So um, well, Verge was yeah. always captain if Milner and, and Henderson weren't playing. So yeah, if it if it all, wasn't it? him, that would be seen as like a demotion, like a snub. It's not yeah. like it's up for grabs and you can give it to anyone. It's like he's seen as like next in line. So if if you don't give it to him, you've got a problem. So it has to be. Well, let's hope he steps up then, eh? Just until Darwin's ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, well, what what else have we not covered about? Um, Fabinho, I suppose. Fabinho, right? Yeah. I mean, does it... I guess, Stu, does it bother you in any way? And does it undermine our ability to um, make a stand on these issues and complain about other clubs like Newcastle and Manchester City when we're taking way above market value for an, a fading Fabinho? No, I don't think so. I think it's there's a different matter when the when Newcastle are literally connected to the PIF, when Chelsea, you know, apparently the investment fund have got shares in the group that own Chelsea. I mean that that's like as a wholly totally different thing to an open market valuation where they want him and we want to sell him. And at this point, well, we'll we probably didn't come into the summer wanting to sell him, but I think as soon as someone puts forty million pounds on the table for him then you really do have to consider that. You take that, I think, at this point. I don't think he's fallen off a cliff in the way a lot of other people do. I think I would. I was interested to see how 
um, Fabinho and Henderson were going to do this year, whether it was like they were going to come back strong. Um, but obviously, both of them have decided that that's not what they want. They'd rather retire. Um, so that's why, I mean, one of the... I don't want Fabinho back if it, this deal has to go through. Like he's, he's making it very clear he's not up for this big challenge that we've got ahead of us. So for me... That's fine. Then you've made that decision. We we have to get it done now. This deal. Um, but no, I don't think, I don't think there's any moral issues about it. Really, if they're gonna if they're gonna come to us on open market and say we want him for forty million pounds, then you just you know you just have to take that. Mm. It was, okay. I don't. There weren't that many people, you know, worried that when you were taking money off Chelsea and Roman Abramovich essentially stole a lot of money off the Russian state. So, you know, there's the very few. Uh, billionaires and millionaires that get their money through um i think you'll find that money was just resting in his account (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so no more quandaries really about that all right well just on that point though um about i i take issue with the suggestion that it's above market value only because we were not going into this summer wanting to sell for being yeah we we were keeping them so let's say they offered 20 million would we have taken twenty million? I think we just told them to fuck off. I don't think we'd have took twenty million. We just said no. He's part of our plans. Right, isn't it? So if so if they come in and they're offering forty, you're like, you know what? Yeah, we'll accept that. But it's not like they've come in and offered us like ninety million quid for them, and we're like, fucking hell, really? Okay, yeah, <laughs> snatching their hands off. I think forty million is probably because he's not thirty. Maybe yet, like is he? five, to, five to ten. No, yeah. five to ten million more than what he's probably worth. But considering we were not looking to sell, it's not like we were trying to get yeah. rid of him. It was. I think it's. It's like it's a fair price, really. So I don't think there's anything dodgy about that. And also, what are we supposed to do? It's like we were not looking to sell Henderson or Fabinho. Those players both got their heads turned by by like the Saudi money. They wanted to leave. Klopp has, has like said time and time again. Any player who wants to leave can go. He won't force anyone to stay against the will. So as soon as those players want to go, we're then in a situation where we have to do a deal. Now, we didn't go running off to the Saudis and, and like offering our players to them. So I don't think we've got anything to, to feel bad about. I think Liverpool just made the best of the situation that they were put in. They never like courted interest from Saudi Arabia. Like They were not wanting to take Saudi money. But when once those players have decided they want to go, then you've got to get the best deal that you can get and 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 move them on because there's no point keeping them. But I do agree with what Stu said. We should have got more money for Henderson. But in general terms, as soon as the player says he wants to go, that's it. Klopp's not going to keep players who want to leave. He said that over and over. Um, unhappy players, you don't want them around the place. I mean, mm-hmm. when was the last time we we kept somebody against their will? I, I mean, Suarez is an obvious example, but after that under like, Klopp it hasn't it hasn't happened under Klopp so the, the last one no. I can think of really is is Suarez um, Nat Phillips maybe he's, he's, yeah, not even, probably. he's not even with the squad in pre-season is he I've not seen him in any of the videos he's gone to Leeds isn't he but he's not gone anywhere and like he, he just seems to have like disappeared he's supposed to be going to Leeds but it hasn't happened I'm sure that, I'm sure they're going I mean, the only thing with Fabinho's transfer, I think we should spare thought for all the Toby Carveries or Merseyside and Cheshire are going to lose yeah. some business there. Yeah. The, I, I thought the sticking point, like everyone was saying, it's going to be worse dogs. than COVID, isn't it, for the losses well, they're making? They, 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 <laughs> I, they were on about, like, oh, is this dogs? I thought, no, I reckon the sticking point is he wants a few Toby Carvery gift cards to use when he's back over mm. here, like, otherwise he's not going. Or perhaps he wants the Saudis to build him a Toby Carvery over, in, <laughs> over there. 
<laughs> I don't I think mean, that'd be a problem. <laughs> yeah, they can. Buy, they build plenty, plenty stupid shit over there. They'll do it. <laughs> well, hey, hey, have you seen the size of the Yorkshires? Let's not go nuts here and call Toby Carvery stupid. <laughs> the only thing, Toby Carvery, though, I've only been a couple of times. I've never like <laughs> the only time I've been. I'm, I'm not going again because people are turning up here in sweatpants, elasticated pants. Because they're trying to get as much <laughs> off the fucking carvery as they can, and they ration the Yorkshire puddings as well. You can't even like size those Yorkshires and have a couple of those. And then no, you I go to Alfield and you see them like fucking in the middle of the park, and you're like, "Hang on a minute!" <laughs> 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 he was wearing tracky bottoms and the Toby Carvery before. What's going on? <laughs> well, I, I just a, a, a quick point on the Fabinho thing. It's dragged on and on. And you mentioned there there was there was a report about it because of his dogs. That's being dismissed now. It's nothing to do with that. I did read somewhere else that it was Liverpool wanting guarantees about like the the fee. They hadn't proved that they had the money or something. I tell mm. you what, if we need every penny of that up front, because I would not be doing any deals with these where yeah. it's like the the paying us in three years. Because in three years time, that league's probably just going to be fucking dead. The Saudis will have got whatever it was they wanted from it, and they'll have, they'll just pull the funds and it'll be onto something else um so anyone who's like owed money in three four years time I'd, I'd be wary about that so whatever we get get it up front yeah you'd mm. hope we'd be savvy enough to to do that um i know dave uh Stu, like there's a range of opinions on this Stu, you've said that you don't think fabinho fell off a cliff as much as people said he had it was more we've talked on other pods about this you said it's more yeah victim of the circumstances and he was kind of a scapegoat um like the you know the failing press leading to him being late into tackles and that kind of stuff dave you you were really really impressed with him in the second half of the season in terms of the the way he bounced back and his performances towards the back end i thought that was a little bit overdone to be honest i didn't i didn't I, he definitely improved but i didn't see anything like the old fabinho um from those performances towards the back end of the season um jules how do you feel about it um, I, I, I like still would have liked to have seen what he could have done this season, but I don't think we were ever going to see the Fabinho that we needed to see again. So I think the cash out on the player now is probably the right decision. It leaves us a little bit short. And again, I don't really like how it's come about because we were obviously planning to keep him for another year, but I don't think he was ever going to get back to those heights that we needed him to. I don't think he'd have been as bad as he was as parts of this season because, again, I think Stu's right. He was a victim of, of the system that was hap- that was crumbling around him rather than him himself. But, um, yeah, yeah, it feels... I wouldn't say it feels right because nothing about all of this Saudi Arabian stuff feels right, but it it, it feels a more appropriate... Tra- as more appropriate... A Brazilian going like over there and the, this, at that age goes, like, yeah, that feels more appropriate. That doesn't really surprised me that much it's just about who we can replace him with whether we can get an adequate replacement because at his peak i mean he was phenomenal yeah yeah all right good stuff um anything else we we want to cover before we call it a night uh pre-season games i suppose i've I've, i haven't watched any i've watched highlights i've not watched any of the full games i haven't even watched the highlights you watched the game the other day didn't you Stu? I did, I did, and if you would have put a gun to my head and made me name the 11 players on the pitch at any point, I would have struggled. <laughs> so that's actually, when, when people were saying it was a humiliation that we drew four all, like, we were rotating and messing around, and there was, there was, bit, there was loads of sloppiness, 
Yeah, there was there was sloppy bits. And it's whatever, it's funny though, isn't it? It's when, a like, run out. It's a workout in it. The mm-hmm. people are saying like, well, you know, clearly it shows that the defense needs work. We've got to get players in. I'm like, no, it doesn't show that. It would show that if Allison was in goal for the whole game and we had our first yeah. choice back four playing and the holding midfielder in there. If, if all of those were playing for the 90 minutes yeah. and we conceded four goals to some German stiffs who had never even heard of, then yeah, you can start saying, hang on, maybe like the defense is a problem. But you just can't read yeah. anything into that at all. The only thing that I'm reading into it is like the forwards are linking up well and scoring goals. It's like, okay, that's a good thing. But we're conceding goals, but we've got like all sorts of different players. You've got Adrian in goal, you've got kids coming on playing fullback, and you know, with Callum Scanlon's got games, Connor Bradley's playing. Uh, so you're going to concede goals. You've got no continuity. They're not fully fit and up to speed yet. Fully fit's the wrong word because they, they're always fit. Like they're never not fit, mm. but they're not fully up to speed. Sharpness wise and stuff like that, so it doesn't matter how many goals you can see. It, it doesn't the opposition, mean yeah. The opposition are like grown men and they're, they're starting their season next week or something. Mm. Like, they should be bullying kids a bit, you know what I mean? Even though, yeah. even though they're decent, talented kids, you've got like Connor Bradley trying to do the inverted fullback job, and you know, there's other lads in there that probably aren't even going to get a minute. In, in well, I was going to ask about that. Is that, what we've, is that what we've been doing? When, when Trent's not yeah, been Connor, playing there, yeah, because I know Costas played in the first game, didn't he? Costas had a go at it. It looked to me when I was paying attention that Trent was the one that was essentially just playing the six, and then they yeah. had Costas coming in and helping, and they've had Brad, Connor Bradley coming in and doing a bit in there as well. Um, they've been busy. Connor Bradley looked busy. Looked like he was really trying to make an impression. Or whatever. There's you know there's lots of other players who are just getting bits and bobs of a game and. It's just a run out, isn't it? They're just working on bits and bobs. It is a run out. <laughs> it's always frustrating when you see Joe Gomez still being sloppy, like not getting to his man for shots and stuff, and you yeah. get irritated at it. But it is just a, it's a, it's a run around. Did you see the the goal that they conceded when uh, McConnell, like the kid, he's like just yeah. being brought on, and yeah. Adrian gave him that pass in his own box. I was like, oh my but god, he's got yeah. who? Tommy. He's got to give him that pass. <laughs> he's got who? I hate that. But it's like, oh, it's Adrian's fault. It's not. The kid's got to fucking. He's got to play the pass. Yeah, but what's the kid supposed to do? Is like it's played to him. Pass it. Run onto it. But Run immediately as the ball came to him, he's challenged the. No. He tries to pass it. He he's stopped. Like, no, uh, he stopped. He stopped. You've got to keep coming onto it. It was the it was the kid's fault. Uh, the goalkeeper's got to give him the ball there. I don't think you so. can't go. We're going to play with four kids, so just launch it. No, that's you, your job. You're playing you, six. You, you pass the moments. You can't just give him the ball when no. he's under that kind of no. pressure. No, uh, you can't. You know, it, and it's 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 like the um, the goal we got at Southampton as well with Lavia when like he just passed it straight to Jota. It was like similar to that. Only <laughs> that was Lavia's fault. I feel like this was was definitely just on Adrian. So totally disagree there. But when you're a kid no. and you've just been brought on in a game, that's not the pass that you're wanting. You've got to do that's your job. Nah. You're a number All six. Right, Roy Keane, you're a number six. Down. That's your job. Do your job. <laughs> Trust me, the coaches yeah. will be going. You need to do better next time. They won't be saying to the goalkeeper, "Don't give it to him." Nah, I disagree. But then again, you've got the coaching badges, so. Well, yeah. Well, hopefully, we'll, we'll learn a bit more um, over the next week, anyway, because we've got Leicester on Sunday in Singapore, and then Bayern Munich are uh, the following Wednesday, a week from today. So you, you you probably think at this point we'll be. We'll see a semblance of what we'll see against Chelsea on August the thirteenth. You know, obviously there's more players to come back in, and everybody's getting up to full fitness. But you think that it won't be like two different elevens for the whole 
90 minutes, dozens of subs and what have you, and, yeah. and, we'll, and we'll start to see like a little bit of what we can hope to see. You usually get 65, 70 season, minutes, yeah. don't you? And then, then yeah. they start making the subs. You don't get like the two 11s, like what, what they do in the first couple of games. Oh, yeah. Have we got any more after that? Um, there's yeah, a game one on Monday, August the 7th against a team called Darmstadt. Okay. I've never heard of either. And that's being played Preston, uh, yeah. Deepdale. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I might go to that. It's only up the road from me. Nice. All right. Probably won't so. get a ticket for it, though. It's a small ground, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's not that small, but yeah. Twenty odd thousand. Yeah. I'm not gonna right. go. Who am I kidding? <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to no fucking pre-season friendly. I'm not fucking twenty-five anymore. <laughs> where I'd be like, oh yeah, they're playing after old. Yeah, I'm going to that. Like going to crew for pre-season and stuff. No, yeah. those days are long gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we we used to, you and I used to travel the breadth of the country for those reserve games. I know. In good like times, 2003 though. or whatever. They were good times. Yeah. They were really good times. Um, but yeah. Um, I can see we're running out of steam here, guys. So unless there's anything else we want to add about the Henderson situation, captaincy situation, any you know thoughts ahead of the start of the new season that you're itching to get out, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, no, I've got nothing. Jules? No, I'm still in pre-season mode. As in, I'm pretending it doesn't exist Actually, until it kicks just off. a quick point then, because Jules has not been paying attention to pre-season at all, so... Um, I'll just let him know that Darwin's been on fire. Three goals in two games. Assist for Mo. Looking really good. So, yeah. Shove yeah. that up your ass. Are you taking the piss or has that actually happened? No, no, he did. And some quite composed finishes as well. Yeah. So, have that. Who do we play again? Doesn't matter. Oh, d- okay. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Right. You can only we score can't. against whoever's in front of you, can't you? He's doing yeah, and when, he, when, when it's Premier League teams in front of him, we'll see what happens. We will then, see. Won't we? We Hopefully will see. he'll prove you wrong and he'll prove me right and be fantastic. I know you've always been ragging on him and I'm not having it anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. We, we've got plenty of evidence. You seem to be forgetting you're being recorded when you're saying these stuff. Don't, don't, don't confuse me with Terry. No, no. You're worse than Terry. He just takes his lead from you in the chat. <laughs> see, I'd, right, I'd like okay. to at this stage ahead of the new season try and promise our listeners that this running battle between Dave and Jules over Nunez which I to be fair I kind of chip into a little bit for fun as well yeah I'd like to promise that that's not going to continue throughout this season but I can't do that so you might as well all get used to it no he'll Unless, stop as soon as the goals are flying in and he's got no ammunition to come back at me with okay. hey, if we start scoring goals I'll be made up for him Stu who's right me or Jules Probably you, unfortunately. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Right, we can end the pods, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Well, so, you know, sorry, overall, just to clarify. Been... No, no, sorry, Chris, just, one thing. just to clarify, the, you're, you're, you're still who you spend the entire entire time in the chat <laughs> ragging on his opinions. No, he's got his coach Suddenly badges, okay. he knows what he's yeah, talking so, about. Alright, okay. <laughs> Stu, next time he rags on you, remember we bring, we're going to bring this one up again. Yeah, definitely, mate. I, yeah, I, I, right. I agree with Stu in that, in that chat more than Don't anybody forget, does. Don't forget, you're being recorded no, you too. Do to, you do, to be fair. I do. See, I agree with him more than you in the chat. Two great minds. <laughs> I don't think I've ever disagreed with him, have I? Well, you have to just now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just finish on that, Dave. Two, two great minds. Yeah. Two great minds. <laughs> yeah, I'm calling it. All right. Um, 
Yeah, unless you want to listen to another 25 minutes of these lot talking about their WhatsApp group, then uh, I'll wrap it up. But overall, it's been sort of a sad day for, for most of us, really. I know there's going to be a good bunch of, uh, of fans, certainly some of those on the forum, who are you know delighted to see Jordan Henderson go, but I'm definitely not among them. And uh, at the end of the day, I guess, until we hear from him about why and whether he's honest about that, we'll all still be guessing. Um Yep, we'll catch you if there are any new sign-ins. We might be back before the start of the season to talk about some of the pre-season games. And I know that we promised to do something kind of fun, but I think we've all just been enjoying the time off, right? You know, yeah. we'll have been enjoying, enjoying the summer off. So, uh, yeah, we will be back with quickness, uh, depending on events. And until then, we'll catch you soon. Well, the best word I can say, but uh, we'll describe this was boom. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, what was this? It was really good.